What is going on, ROI Podcast listeners? We have got a great show for you today, and the topic is going to be all about scalability. How do you scale the business, do it responsibly, and avoid the trap of sliding off the rails into the red? Well, we have a Kelly School of Business alum and most recently author Brent Tilson, who is one of the very few whose book has been published by Forbes. So really big deal, and we're awfully excited to have him in this value-packed episode of the ROI Podcast. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody, to the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business on the IUPUI campus here in downtown Indianapolis. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Shane Simmons, and I've got the Associate Dean of Academic Programs, Mr. Phil Powell here with me. Phil, how are you doing on this beautiful day? Shane, I'm doing wonderful, and I cannot wait to share with our listeners these insights from Brent Tilson. He has written a marvelous book with great insights that enables very profitable and efficient business. Yeah, you mentioned it, Phil. Brent Tilson is the guest, and he is the founder and CEO of Tilson HR in Greenwood, which is on the south side of Indianapolis. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, Another great day in Indiana. Brent is what you could call a CEO to CEOs. His company, Tilson HR, HR, we've been in business now going on 23 years, has been helping businesses for more than 20 years, focusing on business efficiency and performance improvement. And in his new book, And in this interview, he's pulling back the curtain and revealing how businesses can overcome the pains of growth while avoiding common pitfalls that lead to business failure. That is correct. So go slow to grow fast. Uh, The title of my book sums it all up. Over my many, many years of working with businesses, and both myself working in a high growth business at one point my business was the 11th fastest growing company in the country back in uh, the 2000 time frame followed up the next year another faster another faster so i was living it but i was also working with businesses that were having the same success and as i worked with them what i realized was that all of them had these predictable growth cycles and i was really trying to work with my fellow ceos to help them anticipate and understand how to help them grow their business and the, there's a traditional S-curve life cycle of businesses that many entrepreneurs and CEOs all recognize. And I was looking at that life cycle saying, how do I help companies not go into what I call the drama zone? Phil, I'm going to pause here for one second. Let's talk about that drama zone. What is that exactly for our listeners out there? A business enters the drama zone when revenue growth slows down or even stops, and the CEO really doesn't know why there because many companies spin out of control in the drama zone and end up going out of business or reverting back to prior business models trying to salvage themselves and live brent says one problem many ceos struggle with is the fact they spend too much time working on tasks that can be delegated when that delegation does not occur that costs the company real revenue and this imbalance can lead to the drama zone we just talked about. You know, owners should be working on their business and not in it. And what I have found, and that's a very common saying in business today, easy to say, hard to do. Because just the day in, day out, volume and speed of business makes it very difficult for leaders to truly step back, recognize what's important and what's not important. 
important. I call it materiality. And so for CEOs and leaders, when it comes to working on your business, you have to look at something that's in front of you and say, is this material to the impact of my business? And if it is material, then you need to focus on it. If it's immaterial on a day in, day out, someone else needs to be working in the business on those matters. They're important, but are they material? Let's go back to the S-curve for a moment. As we've mentioned, in that S-curve, you have ups and you have downs. At the bottom of that curve, you usually have an entrepreneur who has a few employees and the executive is still doing all the work. But when growth hits and begins to accelerate in full force, you have problems that arise. That's the pains of growth. And they're typically unexpected. All of a sudden, they have success, as you just said. They're success in the business and they're growing. And they quickly find out that their infrastructure isn't designed to maybe just even handle the sales and record them in their accounting system. Um, they don't have the production and distribution because they quickly outscaled what they possibly could do. So then they're scrambling to be able to, to meet those needs. And if they grow too fast, then they're trying to hire people as fast as they can. So what ends up happening is they start cutting corners. You know, hey, I'll just pay you under the table. I'll do this. I'll do that. Whatever it takes to keep the company alive. Then one day they wake up and they've hit this inflection point and an order doesn't get made. An employee makes a mistake. The IRS knocks on the door. Something happens where the company realizes that we just don't have the infrastructure to support the sales. And they quickly start to spiral and try to figure out how to, to salvage themselves. Phil, that's when you have a mess on your hands, right? I mean, you think of growth as, as a posit positive thing, but sometimes that growth occurring so fast, you don't have everything in place. Exactly, Shane. And euphoria can quickly become anxiety. Growth may seem like a great thing, but in reality, if there are not processes in place to manage that growth and to achieve balance within the organization, you can develop real problems real fast, and you suddenly find yourself having to fight through them, having been unprepared to do that. Statistically, 50% of startups go out of business in the first few years. And if you go and look at all the stats that exist, you'll find that that's very hard to get past the first five years. I would propose and suggest that the reason companies, a lot of them fail, is just they don't have the scalability. They get into that problem. They start to have success, you know, providing they have a good business plan, a good product. I mean, you have those that are just should never have started. So my goal has always been to talk people out of starting businesses. But if you have a business that you start and it's viable, I think a lot of them fail because they just don't plan for the future. So first and foremost, fast growth is not always good for the business especially if you don't have the proper systems and processes in place. But of course, a listener's gonna ask, what are those systems? What do they look like? How do you make yourself ready for growth? And I'm assuming that some of those systems or processes you have in place is you have to have reliable metrics that you can look at every month, quarter, annually, right? Absolutely, Shane. You know, as they say, you manage what you measure, and that's very true. Metrics are necessary. But Brent says too many times organizations will only rely on the financial statements and see them in terms of black and white, when in reality, there's often a rich, hidden story behind those numbers that you have to dig into with more measurements. But the reality is the financial statements don't tell the whole story. They just tell part of the story, because if I were to take two identical financial statements, lay them side by side, 
One may have an amazing operation that can scale and succeed and double in size while the other one has never invested in their infrastructure. So the other metrics for us to measure are those things that aren't measured by financial statements. It could be employee turnover, which indicates maybe a morale problem. Maybe it's um, a loss of clients. And so they're adding business on the top line, but they're going just as fast out the back. So it's really measuring these things that are non-financial statement that help businesses understand how effective they are at running their business. And so I propose that effectiveness is as important or more important to measure than just bottom line return on investment and profitability. As we've pointed out, measuring things that are not on the financial statement is critical. For example, let's take culture and morale. That's been a theme of a lot of our podcasts, that success is tied to this intangible thing called a really good culture. Well, that's difficult to measure directly, but you can see footprints of a good culture in other performance measures. For example, let's take employee effectiveness. How do you measure that? You can have more effective employees in an environment where they're happier and where everybody feels part of a community. Brent looks at this in a very simple way, and it's correlated with how he's seen companies hit new levels. Brent looks at revenue per employee and argues that this simple measure actually captures the footprint of good culture and high morale. Revenue per employee, to me, measures the ultimate effectiveness of an organization because everything contributes at the end of the day to generating revenue per employee. So first, let's think about a software company. One of the highest revenue per employee industries is software because you can write the software, get it to a certain level, maintain it, sell it as a software where there's very low infrastructure costs other than the programming and you can maximize very high levels of revenue per employee. Thus why technology firms trade at such high multiples, how they raise such high levels of value because they maximize revenue per employee where a law firm or an engineering or professional service firm at best is 100 to 125,000. So by industry, companies can measure themselves against and compare where they stand up to their competition. But the revenue per employee is such a critical measure because everything contributes to that. So if I'm losing clients and my turnover of clients is bad, that's going to drive revenue down per employee because that rev I'm having to replace it just as fast as it's going out the door. If I can make my employees more effective and they're able to do more with less and they're just better performing, then that means they can take on more capacity, adding more revenue per employee on the top line. So when you start to, un if you unpack and look at all the variables that affect revenue per employee, you start to find out where all of the leaks are in the organization. You start to find out where those issues are that normally wouldn't surface that impact revenue per employee. There is always an inflection point. And so when you hit that point, usually at a time that's unexpected, what do you do? Do you just hire more people at a really fast pace to work yourself through that inflection point? But if you do that, there's so much time and costs that have to be invested into training and getting the team up to speed that having these mass hirings in a short period of time can be really risky, right? Exactly, Shane. But that's when outsourcing can become your ally. I think companies need to look at, if they look at their life cycle and they're making strategies on how to run their business and to minimize the the drama zones, maximize driving zones, minimize drama zones. The key is to look at the organization and find what are the most important things that drive value in the organization. At the end of the day, it's all about anticipating 
and minimizing your chances of hitting those drama zones. You have to have the systems and processes in place to handle growth. That's the bottom line insight from Brent. And of course, we've just scratched the surface with this podcast interview. To go deeper, it's important to pick up a copy of Brent's book, Go Slow to Grow Fast. And in the if you do that, you'll hear a fable drawn from Brent's work with hundreds of businesses over the years. And in fact, the book anchors itself with a, with a case study that walks you along the typical business journey that we've described here in this episode. I think companies need to look at, if they look at their life cycle and they're making strategies on how to run their business and to minimize the, the drama zones, maximize driving zones, minimize drama zones. The key is to look at the organization and find what are the most important things that drive value in the organization. And so if you double in your size and you're outsourcing, say, IT, your IT provider then is able to meet your needs because they have all the professional expertise when you need it and as you need it to help you scale. Same with thing with the human resource side. If you outsource the HR infrastructure and you have professionals that meet all the needs and can anticipate and look around corners, then your drama zones can be greatly minimized. Every company will always have a little bit. You can't be a perfectly... 45 degree growth line, but how do you maximize the, the driving zones? And if you take out the friction and do that through outsourcing those non-critical market differentiating things from your organization, then you can minimize and maximize. Go slow to grow fast. Brent Tilson's book will be out on June 4th and you can pick up a copy on Amazon and definitely check it out because there's going to be a lot of interesting pieces of information in there that we just didn't have the time to pull into this podcast, but we've certainly kind of set up what the overall theme of the book is and what it's going to look like. And by getting a copy of the book, you're going to be able to really pick up and try to avoid some of these pitfalls that typical businesses go through every single day in this country. So be sure to get the book, Go Slow to Grow Fast. And we would like to thank Brent Tilson for sharing his lifelong business experiences with us and really pulling back the curtain on issues that companies face on a day-to-day basis and how to tackle those. Now be sure to subscribe to the ROI podcast. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And we'll be right back here next week with another episode of the ROI podcast. Take care, everybody.